Hello and welcome to Monday afternoon. It feels like it's been a lifetime. I know. But we're back together in studio. Columbo and Katie kicking off uh, the week here with you and happy to be here. Uh, Katie was out of town for a few days last week. I was out of town for a couple days last week. And uh, so, yeah, it's weird because... You know, it, it, it's only been like five days, but it feels like... But we talk every day. It feels like forever. But you and I literally, yeah. whether it be the, the starting of the conversation happens right here, like on air, <laughs> or whatever, the beginning of the day, you and I legitimately talk every single it's true. day. It's true. So but, that, and, and we're on air every day together. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I don't know... What you did on your break, but I took my own advice and unplugged, as I recommend people do on a regular basis, especially if you are spending time with family, you know, it doesn't even, you know, don't have to be going on a trip or anything like that or taking a vacation, but, you know, just it's good, you know, if you're spending time with family or every now and, you know, a couple days a week, just... Don't look at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for your soul. And I took my own advice, and I'm so glad I did because I missed most of the January 6th grandstanding mm-hmm. that happened over the last several days and over the weekend mm-hmm. specifically. Now, I've I've caught up on some of it, but I'm glad that I'm just recapping and not having to live through because had I not been out of town, I would have probably been a lot more engaged in all the, you know, all the statements and press the briefings things. and speeches and all of that. And it would have just made me. I forgot. Roll my eyes. That January 6th was January 6th. The Democrats didn't. I And I know that sounds stupid because it's everywhere all day long for the last two years. But. I did watch a little bit of Trump's speech, mm-hmm. and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was so hilarious, and I made myself not watch any of Biden's because yeah. I knew that that was going to make my blood boil at the time. And I just don't—I don't know if I have more than the speech that Biden gave for January sixth. I don't know if I have the stamina anymore to watch him wobble his way to and fro from a podium and have to be it looks like he was assisted i mean that's what the reports said yeah did you see the video but i watched the video and to me it does look like jill was assisting him yeah so i don't know it may have been set up that way and you know it may have been set up for her to go up there and escort him off the stage or it may have been on the fly, but either way, I agree. Now, when I first read the headlines that, you know, Jill Biden had to escort a confused Joe Biden off the stage, that I thought that that was a little overblown. I, I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. But he definitely had that blank stare that we've seen so many times and just a wobble yeah. the shuffle was really shuffling it's like he got done with that speech and then he just turned and looked at the side of the stage and didn't move or any just like waiting for help to arrive 
I, it, that's that's just what it's it's been really really hard to see. And then I read I didn't go too far into it, but I did read that he's going to give his first sit down interview of oh, in twenty twenty four. And that too, just it all seems so painful. And I know we have to watch it be, and we should watch it. But man, Tony, it an, seems painful. An interview, an interview is pre recorded and it's edited. Edited, yeah. And so it can, I'm sure it'll still be, I'm sure it'll still be bad. And I'm, and I'm sure. That Joe will still not look great, but it's not as authentic as the live on stage cameras rolling and, you know, he's he's clearly lost. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it's we're in 2024. We're in the election year now. Debates are coming. They're still several months away, but they're coming. And I just don't know how this president could possibly stand on a stage for two hours and answer questions. No, I I don't on know. The fly, off the cuff, no backup. Because right now I feel like Jill Biden. Ever since that New Year's Eve happened with the New Year's Eve special that he and Jill were on with Ryan Seacrest. That was, I only watched a snippet of it. That was really painful. And it seemed like even in that interview, Jill took over. I mean, she took the reins. Biden answered a few questions, but she was the talker of the two. And then to see her assist him while he wobbles and shuffles. Mm -hmm. Now we're thinking about a debate with Trump, which is coming, like you said. It just doesn't make sense to me that his... This is not the downfall. Isn't it like, again, you can read, you can, you get such a, uh, uh, an idea of the truth just by looking at people's faces. Yeah. And you can see Joe just lost, you know, from time to time when he's standing up there on stage and you can see the panic in Jill's eyes mm-hmm. and face mm-hmm. and the the constant mode of everything's fine Jill's great everything's fine. fine there's nothing to see here there's nothing to see here he's strong as ever he's great oh, strong as ever like you know the thou dost protest too you much know, like that's totally. I mean that is that is everything with her right now so uh, uh, yeah I'm glad I'm glad that this was just dumb luck on the timing that I missed a lot of the uh, a lot of the January 6th discussion because it would have just infuriated me. The Democrats know like the liberals know that the we have the videos, right? Like we know what happened. It's up. We know we know what happened. The time is up. There's hours and hours of documentation. It was, it, it was, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a good thing, but it, it was not an insurrection. <laughs> it was not an overthrowing of the, of the federal government. It was not all these hyperbolic, just 
ridiculous statements that, that, that in, in titles that have been uh, attached to it by the Democrats. Like, it's not. You guys that. know that we know, right? You, you guys know that the facts are in. <laughs> and, and you know what? This is the Democrats getting in their own way again because if they didn't talk about January 6th every single day, whether it be an hour long, five minutes, what if they didn't talk about January 6th every single day for the last two and a half years, two years, the anniversary of January 6th would probably be a little bit different. Yeah. And, and people would maybe tune in a little bit more, even though we have all that footage. Yeah. But it's the drumbeat and the beating over the head of January 6th. And it's insufferable. And it just is every single day. And now people are annoyed. Why don't we review the countless other riots yeah. that have happened over the last three years. Right. Why don't we put all those under a microscope and prosecute the people responsible and dissect all the things that went wrong and and do something to stop it from happening again and to put a spotlight on all the bad actors and people that broke the law on all of these other riots that happened over the last few years. It's just that one. It is just that one. It's just that one. So, all right, I'm going to move on because I got to move on myself this weekend. I'm sure we'll we'll touch on some of the January 6th, especially the, the president stuff as we go through the show today. We are going to talk to our friend Virginia Cruda from The Daily Wire. She joins us every Monday afternoon at about 2.40, so keep it here for that. She'll be with us in a few minutes. Also, Steve Templeton, Chief Meteorologist over at Channel 4, he is going to make a uh, special appearance with us today to give us the truth on what is coming. I have seen... I have seen, like, across the board, I have seen what's the, the, the weather that's coming in the next 24 hours. I have seen it described as, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a snowstorm. I've seen accumulation totals at, like, five inches. And then I've seen, like, oh, it's going to mostly miss us and it's mm-hmm. not going to be a big deal at all. Mm-hmm. Like, all over and the not board. not like it like not like it started as one thing and it's evolved to to one like today like in the last hour I've seen <laughs> just I've seen reports that are totally conflicting so we'll get the truth from Steve Templeton uh, here in just about fifteen minutes so I'm very much looking forward to that because that's going to impact a lot of us you know it could impact us driving home tonight it could obviously impact the uh, drive to work tomorrow morning and schools tomorrow morning we'll see uh, I'm kind of hoping that that the it's gonna miss us uh reports are the ones that are the truth and I'm I don't, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any predictions I'll let's no. stop Steve will give us the truth at 2.30. And we'll ask him also, there's um, uh, there's another weather event that could be possibly heading our way later in the week. So we'll we'll get some uh, information about that. And I think Steve and I are going to be uh, in uh, close communication this week. So as always, the Channel 4 weather team will be keeping us up to speed uh, all week long on whatever's heading our way with the weather. So keep it here for that. Uh, conservatives are revolting against the Johnson-Schumer deal to avoid a government shutdown. 
I don't know if you've seen any of this yet, but uh, Republican hardliners in the House of Representatives are pushing back against the bipartisan deal struck over the weekend aimed at avoiding a government shutdown. The conservative House Freedom Caucus led the revolt against Speaker Mike Johnson and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's agreement last night, uh, recirculating a late December memo, memo that said that any funding... Top line higher than $1.59 trillion would be totally unacceptable. The Freedom Caucus put out a statement today saying, quote, it's even worse than we thought. Don't believe the spin. Once you break through typical Washington math, the true total programmatic spending level is $1.658 trillion, not $1.59 trillion. This is a total failure, said the statement. Uh, this is a problem for Speaker mm-hmm. Mike Johnson because he is going to uh, he's going to have to rely on Democrats to overcome the support that he's losing from his party if they're going to try to, you know, make the agreement as it stands right now happen. Uh, this puts a spotlight on what we've talked about, what we've sort of previewed over the last few weeks, that the Republican Party has even less of a majority starting off this year than they did last year because of uh, of McCarthy's resignation and uh, George Santos being kicked out. Uh, right now, Steve Scalise is not he's he's doing another round of cancer treatment so mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. it, he's not in the chamber and i don't think he's going to be there for much of the month of january so that's another at least for the next month that's another vote so like the the republican majority is as thin as it can be and not that he needs every republican vote to for this to go through but it does put a spotlight on how thin that majority is and how not united, uh, uh, you know, a, lot, a large part of the party uh, is. Johnson and Schumer both claimed victory when they announced the agreement last night, but uh, the Republican reaction has been rough. Representative Tim Burkett said, uh, quote, I'm currently a no. I'd like to see some real cuts and maybe mm. and maybe cut back on all the spending that we've been doing. And until we do that, we are falling off a fiscal cliff. Marjorie Taylor Greene said, quote, I am a no to the Johnson Schumer budget deal. This one point six trillion dollar budget agreement does nothing to secure the border, stop the invasion or stop the weaponized government targeting uh, Biden's political enemies and innocent Americans. So much for the power of the purse. Representative Chip Roy uh, from Texas said, quote, this is terrible. <laughs> and it gives away it the leverage accomplished in the already not great caps deal. And that's just a few of the uh, reactions from Republicans that are not happy about this budget agreement between Speaker Mike Johnson and Chuck Schumer. What do you what do you make of this? No, granted. One of the biggest things that Republicans have been echoing, especially from the Freedom Caucus, is that they this is where the rubber meets the road for Mike Johnson and a couple of other aspects for Mike Johnson. But one of them is the spending. And 
they um, someone like Matt Gates, someone like John Kennedy, these people that are in Congress have been advocates to stop the spending, to cut the fat, to really analyze what's going on and to look at our budget and say, where, what are we doing? How are we going to try to condense this down? My question is, is that because I don't know so much about the budget, I'm wondering if it's this astronomical price because some of it is probably going to defense. Some of it is probably going towards national security. And how much do the Israeli war and how much do the Ukraine war and how much does the border? I know Marjorie Taylor Greene just said a lot of it isn't going towards that. But I guess my question is, is the price this this much because it is going towards let's say ammunition, Mm -hmm. let's say money, you Mm -hmm. know, funding, aid, what have you, to these other situations that we find ourselves in. So a lot of it, there is a lot of that uh, in there, obviously. But the answer to your question, I think that the people that are um, angry about this would give is that we have, and we have, we have let things get so out of control Mm -hmm. over the last decades I mean, this has been going on forever, and both sides are very much to blame. Republicans have done nothing to stop this situation from, you know, from getting us in, in this position. And, uh, yeah, you, that you do need to have money for all of those important things, but there is so much junk and fat that could be trimmed out that nobody's ever willing to do. I mean, even the agreement that they went into this with that was originally worked out between Schumer and McCarthy when he was speaker was basically a a $69 billion cut to the budget. $69 billion is a drop in the bucket. It is nothing. So what they were even going into this with and trying to sell and celebrate as, you know, a step in the right direction Mm -hmm. and, and, Addressing the bu- addressing the budget was already ridiculous, and now, according to the House Freedom Caucus, it's they, they're not even getting we're not even getting that we're we're getting even less than that agreed. Cut I'm, in the I'm budget, wondering so. what this the tone that happens now with Mike Johnson. Yeah, because it's been pretty honeymoon period for him. It's oh, been yeah. a, it's been a lot of. Lovey dovey. It has been. And it's not lovey dovey right now. So this is going, this is the first time that, uh, heads were going to, yeah, that there's going to be the division in the Republican party that he's going to have to manage himself through and try to, you know, keep everyone together. So it's going to be real interesting yeah. to watch this process unfold over the next couple of weeks. And of course, we'll be all over it for you. Uh, mentioned presidential debates earlier. I want to remind you that uh, we have a debate. The first one of this uh, this year, the first presidential debate is happening Wednesday night. Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley will be debating in Iowa at Drake University. The Iowa caucus, unbelievably, is one week from today. People will be voting for president in one week. That is nuts. So all eyes on Iowa 
this week, and Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis will be debating Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, and we will be carrying that debate live for you here on News Talk STL, all part of America Decides 2024, and uh, we'll be on top of everything surrounding all the uh, elections, both nationally and locally throughout 2024 here on News Talk STL. So tune in for that debate this Wednesday night. Uh, Keep it here. We will talk to Steve Templeton, Chief Meteorologist over at Channel 4. He will let us know what to expect tonight and tomorrow with this uh, weather heading our way. Also, this is a weird one. I want to get into the uh, situation with the uh, with uh, uh, Secretary Austin being in the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin being in intensive care and nobody knowing it how does that happen we'll talk about that and a lot more as we go through a busy afternoon here on colombo and katie for podcast articles and more find us on newstalkstl.com welcome back to colombo and katie on 119-941 news talk stl it's a Monday afternoon, which means we will talk to Virginia Cruda from the Daily Wire here in just about 12 minutes from now. Uh, but making a special appearance on a Monday instead of a Friday is our good friend, Chief Meteorologist over at Channel 4, Steve Templeton. Uh, Steve, th- first of all, thanks for uh, putting in a little extra time with us today. And, and uh, as I mentioned in that first segment... I have literally heard over the last 48 hours uh, about every t- different combination of things that are supposed to happen over the next 24 hours that I would, <laughs> you just don't know, you know, what to believe. So thank you so much for being here to clear that up and, uh, you know, and, and let us know the truth about what to expect here over the next 24 hours. Sure, happy to. It is a complicated forecast. Uh, let, let me highlight two two things um, that I think are the the periods in time that you really want to be cautious. One is this evening, including the evening drive. Um, temperatures are going to be above freezing. There's going to be rain, but some wet heavy snow may mix in. If it switches to heavy wet snow, it may overcome some of the melting and create slushy roads. We think that's a better chance northwest of St. Louis, maybe in St. Charles County, up to Troy, Missouri, a little better chance. And so that's why uh, Troy and Lincoln County, for instance, and up to Bowling Green are in a winter weather advisory. St. Charles County is not. But I do think around the metro, let's just be cautious. If this comes down as some he- heavy, wet snow, it can't overcome the melting, create a little coating on the pavement. Hopefully it's just wet pavement. The second period to watch is going to be the backside of the storm, which is the evening drive tomorrow. We're going to get a hit of some snow or rain snow mix. This one looks light. I think it's going to be tough to accumulate. But the gusts are going to be 35 miles an hour, and they'll increase in the evening to 45. So you're going to have that blowing snow during the evening drive tomorrow, and that will reduce visibility. I've oversimplified it, but to me, those are the two time periods where if you're doing some travel, I want you to be cautious. So I wanted to hit hit on those two things first. So bottom line is rain with some slushy snow in the mix this evening. It's going to switch to all rain overnight because actually as the low tracks in, it gets a little warmer. So it's all rain tomorrow morning when you wake up. It's going to break a little bit. We'll have some dry time and then we'll get the backside of that storm in the late afternoon and evening tomorrow where we get that snow or rain snow mix and then the gusts really start kicking up 
So uh, that's a complicated system, but mm-hmm. we're definitely on the easy side of it, so to speak, because we're not getting the heavy, heavy snow there in northern Missouri or even into Iowa. Yeah, uh, obviously not asking you to make any predictions uh, about decisions made by school districts, but do you expect there to be this to impact um, a large number of schools in the metro area, or is this something I, that I don't. will be, yeah? No, that's good. no, especially with the the confidence that temperatures are in the uh, atmosphere are going to warm up enough that any kind of wet snow this evening switches back over to just rain overnight tonight and it's just rain tomorrow morning now you look ahead to tomorrow late afternoon evening maybe there's some early dismissals but again i think you're looking at uh, difficulty accumulating snow when your temperatures are above freezing and it's not that heavy so we're looking at zero to an inch in, in St. Louis max, and that will be combined with whatever we get tonight, which probably is very little, mm-hmm. and whatever we get tomorrow late afternoon and evening, which, again, is probably very little. Oh, that's great. That's a whole lot better than uh, some of the early reports that were coming in. So sounds like uh, things uh, shifted yeah. in, in, in a positive way. Uh, it did. It, this track shifted north, and, that, and that's why this is mostly rain, maybe a little bit of snow. And that's what we were saying last week is, hey, we know the system's going to affect us. We just don't know if this is going to be a lot of rain little snow or a little rain a lot of snow so it kind of turned out at least travel wise for the better but still want you to be cautious this evening and again during the evening drive tomorrow yeah and particularly is with our with our uh uh 94.1 signal especially we go way up into bowling green mm-hmm. we have a lot of listeners uh on our signal up there in Good. that area so Good. for those folks you know be a little bit more cautious and i would say like up there they have a shot at maybe two to four inches Mm -hmm. you know they're gonna they're gonna be a little colder they'll have a better chance of that heavy wet snow versus us seeing more rain in the mix um so all told combined from this evening and again the hit tomorrow afternoon evening they could see two to four inches whereas st louis is probably zero to an inch and then uh, real quick, and we'll follow up later this week if we if we need to, there's also uh, maybe something heading our way on Thursday and Friday. Just uh, in general, do you see that being a, a big deal at this point? I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, it could turn into a big deal. Uh, right now, Friday afternoon, evening would be the time period where rain switches over to snow. Uh, the models have been pretty inconsistent in what they're producing. Some just a quick little light snow and temperatures above freezing, so you're just not going to have a huge impact and others have actually pretty heavy snow that would overcome some of the melting so friday afternoon and evening is something we're looking at for a first alert weather day we haven't issued it yet we just don't have the confidence because the models are flip-flopping and that so just put that on your radar so to speak but then the other thing is behind that system comes the coldest air of the season by far we are going to have high temperatures below freezing in the 20s and lows that will dip into the single digits sunday morning monday morning so a real cold snap coming our way Katie just got back from Florida, so she. (laughs) I ain't ready. (laughs) That one got her. I can tell. Steve, uh, thank you. Monday. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you as always. And if things do uh, develop later this week, we may be back in touch uh, to to you know cover that. But uh, uh, reports every hour, and of course, you know, always on the KMOV weather app and on the uh, KMOV website to keep up with everything. Um, Can't thank you enough, you and your weather team, everything you do for us here. So have a great rest of your day, my friend. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Steve. Great stuff there from Chief Meteorologist over at Channel 4, Steve Templeton. Those temperatures? uh, I told you. Single digits, baby. That I was excited for the cold like last week. You did.
You I'm did. excited. Like, th- like this is nice. Like, what we're doing right now, 35 degrees, tolerable. This is nice? This is, you call this nice? It's fine. I was ready for chili. What's going on out there right now, you call it nice? Well, not the grayness, okay. but the chili I can handle. All right. But when we're talking about single digits, this is where St. Louis just gets me. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> what are we, why does it have to be this way? So dramatically, uh, such a dramatic twist mm-hmm. in January. This is why people hate January. Mm-hmm. People hate it because of now we're in the single digits. Mm-hmm. Barf. Yeah, we're just getting started. I. Th- it's just like this is what seasonal depression. This is what it feeds off of. Yeah. Uh, but great information there from Steve Templeton because I think uh, you know there were initially some you know panic about tomorrow morning and, oh, yeah. and maybe tonight and it's not like you said it's, you know you need to be careful out there but it doesn't sound like it's going to be the big event that. Uh, that was initially thought. So mm-hmm. we'll continue to keep you updated on all of that. And uh, like I said, Steve will be back with us as needed through the week if there are more things developing. All right. The White House has responded to Republican calls for Secretary Austin to resign after uh, a mystery ailment that put him in the hospital. This is a this is a weird one. Mm. This is a weird yeah. story. Totally bizarre. The White House uh, said President Biden has, quote, full trust in Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin as calls mount for Austin to resign or be fired in light of his quiet hospitalization in an intensive care unit that even the president and the White House staff was unaware of for days A White House official said this morning that President Biden has no plans to replace Austin and, quote, continues to have full trust and confidence in the secretary. The media was alerted on Friday by the Pentagon that Austin was hospitalized on January 1st and remains under care under the care of the Walter Reed Army Medical Center. Details surrounding Austin's medical condition remain unclear, with officials only detailing that he underwent an elective medical procedure last month and was hospitalized in the days following. And then as part of that, maybe complications or whatever, sent him back to the hospital and into the ICU. President Biden, the National Security Council and top Pentagon leaders, including Austin's deputy, Kathleen Hicks, were all kept in the dark for days that Austin had been taken to the hospital's intensive care unit for treatment. Uh, Republicans are now increasingly calling for Austin's resignation and demanding answers as to how Biden was kept out of the loop regarding the hospitalization. Representative Jim uh, Banks said, quote, Austin has been a disaster since day one and should be replaced by someone who will focus on making the military ready to fight and win wars instead of advancing woke political causes of the Biden administration. Enough is enough. Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton, I think this is this statement, I think, really explains the seriousness of this. Uh, Tom Cotton put out a statement saying, quote, the secretary of defense is the key link in the chain of command between the president and the uniformed military, including the nuclear chain of command Mm. when the weightiest of decisions must be made in minutes. If this report is true, there must be consequences for this shocking breakdown. 
And I think that more than, I mean, yes, Lloyd Austin has been a disaster. Everything connected to this administration has been a disaster. But outside of political issues and political leanings, this if the if the United States were to suddenly be in a crisis situation and the president doesn't know that the secretary of defense is in IC, is in ICU critical yeah at the hospital that that's a big problem that's a big problem this is a huge reflection on the relationships that Biden has not built in his own administration to me <laughs> I look at this as what we know that Biden doesn't have a good relationship with Kamala Harris. Mm. We we know that already because we hear his agenda every single day. He doesn't even communicate with Kamala Harris or her team, it seems like. But this also makes me sit back and reflect on the relationship that Biden has with so many other people under his cabinet. And if Lloyd Austin didn't have the wherewithal and his team didn't feel comfortable enough to share that information with the president of the United States, especially after what Tom Cotton just pointed out, uh-huh. what does that say about Biden? Does that prove that he can't handle information like that? It, is <laughs> he in, it, I mean, but, not because he's so not because he's inept, yeah. but just because like, is, would Biden be able to handle and grasp that type of information? Would he be able to to act upon it if he understood the gravity of someone as yeah. high ranking as that being in the ICU? Well, I think there's a lot of that going around. I think there's a lot of sort of managing the president. And what and, relationship do they have? I mean, do they, right. is it strong? Is it weak? I mean, why are people not communicating with one yeah, another in this, this White House? This wasn't just with Joe. His own, his own, uh, you know, assistant, the second in command didn't even know that this, that he was in ICU. So, so it wasn't like they were just protecting Biden. Biden. No, he, nobody knew. Nobody knew. Even in the, even in the defense department, people didn't know. And why? I mean, it's not, it's not like unprecedented. It's not, it's, it's not weird for somebody like this to go into the hospital and, you know, go into ICU and then, you know, it just, it'd be known and a, communicated and planned why was this hidden i I, why was why did he and it seems like it's lloyd austin who's the one doing the hiding it's not like it's a group or because he didn't tell anybody like what about this situation was why why does what should have been a pretty non-event standard yeah i mean get better obviously Mm -hmm. um but like this shouldn't be a big story. Yeah, it's this shouldn't not. be what it is. And the 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 fact that there's been no indication at all what the illness is or the or the you know the the fallout from the elective surgery was like why what's what with all the secrecy? What's with all the secrecy? Yeah. What's with very, all the secrecy? The surreptitious nature of what just happened. You're right. It could have been a non-story. But it instead, should have been a non-story. But instead, now everybody's wondering, what is Lloyd Austin up to? Yeah, exactly. 
Well, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. We'll we'll keep an eye on it because, like I said, this is just a this is a strange one. Even even for today's news, yeah. this is a strange story. Uh, somebody who's used to covering strange stories. You see how I did that there? Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say someone who is strange. <laughs> oh no! I, you, I'm just kidding, yeah, Virginia. That was Katie, Virginia. That was not. Just me. kidding, Virginia Cruda, our friend from the Daily Wire. She has been uh, covering. There was a new uh, Epstein file dump today. That uh, had some interesting information in it, and she has an article up about that, so uh, definitely want to talk about that. Also, uh, Mike Johnson and uh, Jake Tapper from CNN got into it uh, about the border recently, and uh, Virginia also has an article about that up at The Daily Wire, so I want to talk to her about those things and more next on Columbo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Columbo and Katie on 101.9 News Talk STL. And as I mentioned, joining us on the line now, as she does every Monday afternoon at this time, is Virginia Cruda from The Daily Wire. Virginia, how are you? Uh, I, you know what? I'll t- <laughs> it's a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, goodness. So... On New Year's Eve 2021, so 2021 to 2022, right? Mm-hmm. I tested positive for COVID. Okay. On New Year's Day 2023, I tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. Oh, no. And? And, and? So I went into this thinking, oh, my gosh, I am not going to get COVID for New Year's again. So I didn't, and I got influenza A instead. Oh, jeez. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Virginia. How are you feeling? It has been, you f- oh, my gosh, it has been quite a week. <laughs> oh, the oh, flu, the flu is, a lot of people get sick and they call it the flu. The The <laughs> actual flu. Is, yeah. is 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 rough. It's not like oh, no. a lot of people assign I, the flu as like this generic, you know. No, no, five statement. days of a hundred and one plus mm. temperatures, mm. and uh, yeah, the chills. And the, I oh. luckily I didn't get a cough. I had the other cold symptoms with it. But if my if my temperature's over a hundred, it's not a cold. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Well, you sound like you're feeling better. I hope you're feeling yeah. Better no, now. I, I'm I'm good. I yeah. I'm. I, w- I got sick, um, I think, two days after Christmas. Oh, man. And by, um, by like, January 2nd, I was, it, my voice still isn't back to normal, but I'm, I'm pretty much, yeah. pretty That's much good. okay. That's great. I'm glad to hear that you are feeling better. <laughs> you also, uh, you also predicted something. You the, had an article a few days ago. Uh, there at the Daily Wire uh, about the upcoming Epstein file dump that was being uh, there was rumors were going to be uh, some connections to Bill Clinton in that that file mm-hmm. dump happened today and uh, that that did happen uh, Bill Clinton was mentioned in this latest Jeffrey Epstein uh, document release can you uh, give us uh, well an update on that I mean I haven't I haven't dug into the newest release yet but I've been kind of covering up till now mm-hmm. and here's the thing um what's really funny about this is you get a lot of conservatives going see we told you bill clinton was going to be in there and to a degree yes we knew bill clinton was going to be in there mm-hmm. right um and of course the liberal response is well yeah donald trump's in there too and he is okay but here's the thing bill clinton is in there 
Um, references to him are like, yeah, um, Jeffrey told me he likes them young in mm. reference to girls, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Virginia Roberts Dufresne, the, uh, the main, the, the, so, so all these documents that we're getting, they're not actually from a court case against Epstein. They are from a civil suit against Jelaine Maxwell. That's right. So this is and so all of these documents are either requested in discovery or this is this is what she asked for, but she didn't get it. And here's why. And these are the people that she talked to because they might have information about X, Y, Z. So it's important. And and I I hate to quote the view on this, but they were right about this. (laughs) It is very important to note that just because your name is listed in this in these documents, does not mean that you are guilty of something or even accused of something. Yeah. Some of these people are witnesses. Right. Some of these people are um, people that they asked about. Did you were you aware that this was happening, or or you know were you present at this on this date, and did you also see this person, you know, at at Jeffrey Epstein's home or or what have you? So. Clinton is showing up in a couple of places so far. One is that Jeffrey happened to mention to one of the girls that Clinton likes them young. Um, another is that, yes, he was he was present at the home. Both Bill and Hillary were invited to the home. Um, and what one of the big things that really stands out is that when Virginia Roberts Dufresne um, filed this case against Jelaine Maxwell, she requested documents pertaining to the Clinton Foundation and Maxwell. Like, was there funding mm. being transferred between the two? So was the Clinton Foundation paying Maxwell, and if so, what for? That's one of the things that they asked for but didn't get because mm. Maxwell refused to comply. So... <clears throat> So why were they asking that question? Because most lawyers don't ask questions they don't know the answer to. Right, right. Especially not point. in a, in a, you know, so, so it makes you wonder what might else come out that, mm-hmm. that would give her the impression that there's at least a financial collect, uh, connection between Maxwell and the Clintons. I'm glad you... So that's, a, that's a big thing. But yep. where Trump has come up mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. oh, well, we were flying from Palm Beach to New York and we made a stop in Atlantic City. And so Jeffrey said, oh, let's call Trump. That's great. We can go to his casino. Right. And that's that it. The mention yeah. of Trump. They, yeah. They also said he was invited to the Palm Beach mansion and he did come for like like he did go to the Palm Beach man- mansion for um for dinner. And they said but he didn't eat with the guests. Like he didn't eat at the table with the guests. He ate in the kitchen with a, presumably the staff. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, so I'm glad you point that yeah. out because it's important that it, because like you said on the uh, uh, on the surface, that's the quick, well, hey, Bill Clinton's tied up in this thing. Oh, Donald Trump is too. But when you dig into it, and like you said at the beginning, both of these men's names have been mentioned yeah. well before this. And mm-hmm. the reports, the allegations, the evidence that uh, uh, how much Bill Clinton was connected is is way more than Donald Trump. And and I'm not defending that. If Donald Trump was involved in this at all, then he needs to... We need to see it. Yeah, he needs to be held accountable. But 
the right. it, it's not it's not an apples to apples comparison. It not even it not even close to an apples to apples comparison. If you're trying to um uh you know compare the two in this in in this story, and that is that is exactly what some people in the media have been trying to do. Uh, I wanted to right. before we run out of time here, Virginia. I wanted to touch base on we're talking about the um. Uh, the budget bill issue that Speaker Mike Johnson finds himself in. Another thing that I'm waiting for, he, you know, told uh, J- Joe Biden before the holidays that he, that he and the Republicans in the House would not uh, uh, support Biden's budget for Ukraine uh, if there wasn't something done about the border. So I feel like that uh, argument is also right around the corner. And I know that. Um, uh, the speaker was recently on CNN uh, discussing the border with Jake Tapper. I was wondering if you could give us any um, any information on where the speaker stands with that uh, ultimatum that he essentially gave the president before the holidays. It, you know, it, it is going to be interesting to see how this plays out because I was I was listening to you before. I, he does have he is in kind of a precarious position as far as um, needing. I mean, it He's holding yeah, the party together, does, yeah. He, yeah, he can he can hold the party together. But having seen Johnson kind of having having seen him speak, I feel like he probably can do it. Um he he can he can do the horse trading that he needs to do. But I also think that he I don't think we've really seen him play yet. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know if you guys saw it. He did an interview um, I think it was with Jake Tapper. Mm-hmm. He was on the border at the time. And Tapper was trying to, like, put him in a corner. And Johnson was not having it. And they, they were. T- he was saying, look, look at the numbers. There are, you know, 300,000 border crossings that we're aware of in, in December. Yeah. In the month of December, 300,000. Yeah, which is a record. Okay, that that amount. Now, if you if you kind of extrapolate that out, if things keep going upward as they are, you're looking at close to four million new people every year. Oh. <laughs> so, so think about think yeah. about the volume we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the people who are coming across the border, their court dates are in 2029. Yeah, like. Mm-hmm. And they're being released into how, the country. How and like, ridiculous come, come is that? Come back in six years, guys. Mm, so well, I would I, promise me. I, I, unfortunately, we're out of time for June, but are almost out of time. Yeah. But I, but I, to me, just one person's opinion here. Um, he could go. Uh, Speaker Johnson could go a long way with trying to repair his relationship uh, with the uh, the people that are angry with him about the budget if he sticks to his guns and holds up his ultimatum. Yeah, strictly that he issued the president about action being taken at the border before any funding is approved for uh, Ukraine. So he's got an opportunity to uh, to maybe yep. get some of the points back that he has lost this week. But uh, we'll see how it uh, we'll see how it plays out. But he is. You're right. We haven't seen him play the game yet. And I think yeah. we're about to find out. We'll see how good he is at playing the game mm-hmm. because there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, big issues that he's going to have to be dealing with here in the very near future. And we will continue to keep an eye on all of it for you. Virginia Crudo from The Daily Wire, thanks as always for your time, my friend. Have a great rest of your day, and I hope you uh, continue to feel better. We'll talk to you next week. 
That is Virginia Cruder from The Daily Wire. Read her articles every day at thedailywire.com and also on our website, newstalkstl.com. Oh, speaking of Joe Biden, he is struggling with support from black voters in South Carolina. A brand new report from NBC News paints a dismal picture for Joe Biden. If you remember, South Carolina is the state that saved him in 2020. Uh, Not looking so good. We'll talk about that next.